This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran McFarlane. It's Monday the 19th of February. In your squiz today, questions over Alexei Navalny's death, Trump faces a hefty fine, Sydney's asbestos problem spreads, and a potato classic goes gourmet. This is your squiz today. Siobhan, we learned over the weekend that Alexei Navalny, a well-known Russian political dissident, died in prison on Friday. The 47-year-old was, of course, one of President Vladimir Putin's biggest critics, and his death had long been predicted by both himself and his supporters. Yeah, that's right, Alice. So Navalny worked as an anti-corruption investigator and over the years he ran numerous exposés on Putin and his inner circle. That helped him become Russia's most prominent opposition figure, but he was repeatedly jailed from 2011 and was barred from running in the 2018 presidential election. But Navalny still built a huge social media following and was particularly popular with young Russians who were anti-Putin. In 2020, he gained global attention when he was poisoned with a nerve agent before a flight to Moscow, which is widely thought to have been an assassination attempt. After he recovered, he returned to Russia in 2021 and was immediately jailed. Yeah, he went through what his supporters say was a series of politically motivated convictions for extremism and terrorism, and he was moved around several high-security jails in the years since. He ended up in an Arctic penal colony, which is where he died. Yeah, that penal colony is nicknamed the Polar Wolf because it's a brutal, cold place. Now, as for what happened to him, Russian officials say he suffered from sudden death syndrome, which is, in other words, an unexplained cardiac arrest Mm. after he collapsed during a walk. Now Russia is under pressure to release his body because his mother was turned away from a morgue and told that a second post-mortem was needed when she tried to reclaim his body on the weekend. His supporters allege authorities are trying to cover traces of foul play and Navalny's wife Yulia says she can't even be sure that he's dead because Putin and his government lie incessantly. But she says if he has died, Putin should be held accountable. Whether that is possible is in doubt. Since the war on Ukraine, the Russian government has cracked down even harder on dissent, with Putin repeatedly calling his non-supporters traitors. But as I mentioned, Navalny did predict his death and he'd pre-recorded a message encouraging his supporters. He said if he was killed, it meant that they are incredibly strong. More than 40 asylum seekers who were found in remote Western Australia over the weekend have been sent to Nauru for processing Siobhan. The Pakistani and Bangladeshi men were found in two groups, but they're believed to have arrived on the same boat. Reports say they travelled from Indonesia and Australian Border Force officials are investigating how they made it to the Australian coast. 
Now, coalition leader Peter Dutton has described them reaching Oz as a failure of Operation Sovereign Borders, which is our national border security program. He says if the government had no prior warning of the arrival of this boat, then it shows that they have lost control of our borders. PM Anthony Albanese rejected that yesterday. He defended the government's handling of Operation Sovereign Borders, and he said that he's very confident that the processes are in order. The former US President Donald Trump, along with two of his sons and other Trump Organization associates, have been ordered to pay 355 million US dollars, which is about 544 million Aussie dollars, after being found guilty of fraud. Yes, so they'll have to pay that to the state of New York. It's after Judge Arthur Engeron found the Trump organisation had lied about the value of its property portfolio. Of course, Trump made his business name through his Manhattan property empire in the decades before he became president. And the financial penalty wasn't the only thing. Trump was also banned from serving as a company director in New York for three years, and his two eldest sons have been banned for two years each also. For his part, Trump has vowed to appeal. He described it as a political witch hunt and said he'd built a perfect company. After this latest ruling, he's now estimated to owe more than 831 million Aussie dollars in legal debts. Siobhan, the headlines about Sydney's asbestos-contaminated mulch didn't ease up over the weekend. The list of locations affected has now risen to more than 30 sites. And those sites now include a hospital, schools and parks. And what they all have in common is that their mulch came from a company called Greenlife, which is located in southwest Sydney. And it has had several clean-up notices from the Environment Protection Authority dating back to 2016. Greenlife disputes the claim, saying its mulch was cleared of any asbestos contaminants by independent contractors during several site visits last year. The New South Wales Environment Minister Penny Sharp says that a task force is investigating the contamination. She says there's clearly a problem and a regulatory gap when it comes to how the asbestos has got there. Siobhan, this one could be contentious because there's likely to be some dispute about what these things are called. I call them potato fritters, but they're also known as potato scallops or potato cakes. But regardless of what you call them, they're undergoing some gourmet treatment. I have to say, I'm in the potato cake camp, Alice. (laughs) And apparently they're all the rage among hip chefs. There's some pretty fancy restaurants in Melbourne and Sydney Mm. that are serving up the battered slices of heaven, but in an array of exciting new forms. Now, some come dusted with pulverised seaweed, some with whipped cod roe and caviar, others under raw scallops, that's a bit meta, that one, (laughs) and even soaked in salt bush and vinegar in a nod to the British fish and chip shops. But the best method for cooking them and which variety of potato is also hotly contested. This is a minefield. Yes, well, some swear by the Sebago (laughs) potato, which, Siobhan, I have never heard of. And others say that the classic Dutch cream is best. But to be honest, the pulverised seaweed has completely thrown me. I just think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) 
Squeeze the day, Siobhan. Is there anything to mention? Yes, the BAFTA Awards kick off this morning in London, our time, Alice. And I am looking forward to finding out not only who wins which award, but also, as always, checking out the red carpet. Will the stars be leaning into the method dressing trend and coming as their characters, (laughs) a la Margot Robbie? I've loved her Barbie outfit, so I can't wait to see what they turn up in. And that's it for us today. Have a great start to the week and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.